Hello again, and welcome to the Haskell Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. I'm Dr. Rob, your host. Thanks for tuning in. In my previous podcast, I've given mystery symptoms and have shown how doctors make the diagnosis. But something needs to happen before the doctor can make a diagnosis. The patient has to come in. Deciding when to worry about symptoms is one of the hardest decisions a person can make. On one side, you don't want to feel foolish coming in for something small. On the other side, you don't want to sit at home with a serious problem. So, I'm starting a series called When to Worry. I'll try and give guidelines as to when a symptom is worrisome and when it's okay to wait. Let me emphasize, however, that this is general advice that doesn't apply to all circumstances. It is far, far better to be seen for a problem that ends up being not so serious than to sit at home with a dangerous condition. Okay, it's two in the morning and you wake up with pain in your belly, or perhaps it's your child that wakes up with a stomachache. When should you seek immediate help and when should you make a doctor's appointment? When is it okay to wait? Before discussing abdominal pain, let me just mention a couple of word things. This is kind of grammar girl-esque. The first is the difference between the abdomen and the stomach. We talk about stomach aches. Well, the stomach is actually an organ in the abdomen, but we also call the whole abdomen the stomach at times. So if you hear people, if you hear me say stomach ache, I'm really meaning abdominal pain. Okay, now that I've cleared that up, Let's move on. The abdomen is divided into five sections. The location of the pain can sometimes help in determining whether pain is worrisome or not. So here are the main regions. The right upper quadrant. The right upper quadrant contains the liver and gallbladder, which are protected by the lower right edge of the rib cage. The large intestine, or colon, also spends a little time in this section. The left upper quadrant. The left upper quadrant contains part of the stomach and the spleen. The colon also spends some time here as well. Between these two sections, in the upper middle of the abdomen, is a section known as the epigastrium. This is an important section because it contains most of the stomach and part of the small intestine and the pancreas, all of which can cause pain. The right lower quadrant... This quadrant contains more colon and the last part of the small intestine, where the appendix resides. In women, one of the ovaries is also in this section. The left lower quadrant is the last section, and the other ovary lives in the left lower quadrant in women, along with the last part of the colon, known as the sigmoid colon. Now, there are a few common problems that are caused by certain troublemakers in the abdomen. I'll give you a list of the abdomen's most wanted and then tell you where they tend to hang out. First is the appendix. This is a small tube that can sometimes become infected and causes a dangerous problem called appendicitis. Appendicitis usually starts around the navel but then settles into the right lower quadrant. This is true the majority of time, however, but not all the time. More on this later. The second of the most wanted is the gallbladder. This organ is a sac that collects the digestive juice called bile. The gallbladder can get infected or more commonly it can actually get stones in it which usually cause pain in the 
right upper quadrant. Then there's number three, which is the stomach and also the first part of the small intestine that comes off of the stomach. This is where ulcers can form. These ulcers can cause bleeding, pain, and occasionally they can actually perforate a hole all the way through, leaking stomach acid into the abdominal cavity, which is real bad. Ulcers usually cause pain in the middle right above the belly button. The fourth of the most wanted is the pancreas. This organ puts out very strong digestive juices. These juices are so strong that they can actually digest abdominal organs if the juice gets into the wrong place. And the last of the most wanted is the colon. Pain from the colon can occur in nearly every place in the abdomen. It hangs out all over the place. Although, the most serious condition, an infection called diverticulitis, usually causes pain in the left lower quadrant. So, when should you worry about abdominal pain? Well, location is important, but the nature of the pain itself is even more so. Here are some things that make abdominal pain a little more worrisome to me. The first is the severity of the pain. Pain that wakes you up out of sleep or stops you in your tracks is always something worth worrying about. The second quality of pain is the persistence of the pain. Pain that is real brief is not as worrisome, but pain that is continuous, lasting more than 10 minutes, is definitely more worrisome than the intermittent brief pain. Third is tenderness. Doctors use the term tenderness to signify pain that results when the body part is pressed on, like when the doctor pushes down on it. From a patient's perspective, tenderness is when movement makes the pain worse. Then there's loss of appetite. When a serious problem happens in the abdomen, the body shuts the digestive tract down. This is a condition called an ileus. When things stop moving through the digestive tract, the person feels nauseated and doesn't want to eat at all. It's rare for someone with appendicitis, for example, to want anything to eat at all. Then there's vomiting. The extreme of a shutdown digestive tract happens with vomiting, which is why vomiting can sometimes be a cause for concern, but it's not always. It's just a clue. The next is blood and bowel movements. Painless bleeding is actually not as big of a concern. I mentioned that in my hemorrhoid podcast. But bleeding along with abdominal pain is a much bigger concern. And then there's a condition known as melana. The word melana describes black, tarry bowel movements. I know that sounds disgusting, but actually it is. But it's also a sign that bleeding from the gastrointestinal tract coming from the stomach is happening. The acid in the stomach changes the blood from the red that is normal to a black and tarry substance. If something is causing enough bleeding to cause melana, it is usually something bad, like a bleeding ulcer. Melana is a very serious problem, and people with it should go directly to the emergency room. That is true even if there is no pain at all. And finally, dizziness. If you're getting dizzy or lightheaded with your abdominal pain, it may mean that your blood pressure is dropping. Get seen right away for this. So, what are reassuring signs? Well, the reassuring signs are basically the flip side of the worrisome signs. If the pain is mild, if it's intermittent, if it isn't worse when you move around or press down on it, if the pain isn't associated with a lack of appetite or vomiting, and if it doesn't interfere with regular activity, 
then it's less worrisome. Furthermore, the passage of stool and gas shows that the digestive tract is working, which is also reassuring. It's one of the few times it's good to pass gas. Sorry, manners guy. That's why surgeons ask people if they are passing gas after they perform abdominal surgery. You thought they were just obsessed. Okay, the bottom line, of course, is that it's much better to get things checked out by a doctor for nothing than to stay at home with something more serious. I hope that is helpful. Again, this is not specific to every person, but it gives you a general idea when to worry and when not to. Okay, if you have other topics you'd like me to cover, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com or you can submit them to me on Twitter at housecalldoc or visit my Facebook page. Don't forget, visit my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind, at distractible.org. Let me once again remind you that this podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one you should always consult about your own medical condition. Catch you next time. Stay healthy.